Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to picture in your mind's eye a mosaic. Know what a mosaic is? Mosaic will be some kind of, of image that's made up of hundreds, maybe even thousands of pictures, often of, of glass, all different colors of glass put together. Any one piece is just a piece of colored glass. But then put together, assembled together, they can make a beautiful image. You picture a mosaic in your mind. Now imagine if that mosaic were shattered. If all of those countless individual pieces of glass were suddenly broken and left on the ground. And say somebody came along, just a real wag, and he wanted to, to cause some trouble. So that rather than taking all of those pieces of glass and putting them back together how they originally were, he said, you know what? I want to make a different picture. Could he do it using those same pieces of glass? Sure. I mean, he would need a certain level of skill. Don't get me wrong. But the individual pieces of glass don't give you the picture. It's all in the assembly and putting them together that give you the final image so that those same pieces could be used in any number of ways to create any number of pictures. Of a, an early teacher of the church, a guy by the name of Irenaeus, used this image to describe the Bible. He said, within the Bible, you have countless little teachings, not to mention all the, the books of the Bible and the verses that make them up, each of those like a little piece of glass. And Irenaeus said that in his own day, there were false teachers who were infiltrating the church. And what they were doing was taking all of those different little teachings and scriptures and verses of the Bible and putting them together to present an image of God contrary to what we actually know of our Lord. Teaching something that was fundamentally opposed to the Bible, but using the Bible in order to do it. Does that still happen? You better believe it. Irenaeus challenges us to ask a fundamental question when we come to the scriptures, which is this. Not so much how do we interpret any one piece of the Bible, any one piece of glass of that overarching mosaic, but how do we read the Bible at all? What is our lens, our way of interpreting and coming to the scripture? Because we all have it. And you might want to say to me, well, pastor, I just, I pick up the Bible, I open it, and I read it. And I see what God has to say to me. Well and good. But whether we recognize it, whether we realize it or not, we're all coming to the scripture with a, a certain way of interpreting, a way of understanding the Bible. And our gospel today, Jesus' very first sermon, is about just this. How we read and understand the Bible. And so I want to take up this basic question and consider a few different possible answers to it. How do we read the Bible? Well, one answer that can be given to this question of how we read the Bible is this, that we read the Bible as a political playbook. Now, people might not use exactly those terms, but they, they would gesture toward it in the way that they interpret and understand the scriptures. In other words, that we read the Bible as giving us guidance and direction, as giving us a playbook for how to form a just and righteous and peaceful society. And there's some truth to this, isn't there? I mean, in our scripture today, we heard talk about good news going out to the poor, captives being released. 
There's countless passages in the scriptures that address what we might think of as political realities, what God has to say about the ordering of our society. And you think about this week, we commemorated one of the um, great leaders in our country's history, Martin Luther King Jr., right? also known as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now, here was a man who used the scriptures, who went to the scriptures to find his inspiration and his directions for living uh, and leading the civil rights movement, didn't he? I mean, this wasn't just a secular movement of civil rights, but it was inspired by the Bible, by Holy Writ. And for many of the people who participated in it, they looked to the pages of the scriptures and the, the stories that the Bible told in order to find their direction for the movement, especially the book of Exodus, but also the teachings of Jesus and elsewhere. In that way, the Bible was leading and guiding a kind of political movement, absolutely. And so there's a sense in which we would want to affirm and say, yeah, the Bible teaches us and, and gives us direction about our political lives, our public lives together as a community, as a society, as a country. But the problem comes when we read the Bible simply and solely as a political playbook. And we can see why it's problematic just from the gospel reading itself. Did you notice this? That Jesus gives his, he starts off his first sermon and everybody's like, yes, this is pretty good. Isn't it? I thought this was Joseph's son. He's not bad. He goes on a little bit later and the next thing you know, they are literally trying to throw him off a cliff. <laughs> I've had a few sermons like that in my day. Is that a Rodney Dangerfield? I think it was, sorry. I don't know where that came from. But <clears throat> maybe you wonder, where does that come from? Why is there that sudden change and shift in their attitude? Well, it's because Jesus challenges them on just this point. See, the religious leaders of his day were reading the scripture as a kind of political playbook. God is the one who is going to bless us because we are his chosen people, which was true. And he's going to bless us. We're his chosen people. He doesn't care about. In fact, he hates everybody else in the world. Which was not true. And Jesus brings up to them in his sermon a couple of examples from the Old Testament of God giving his blessing to those who were not part of that chosen people. He mentions of uh, Elijah healing um, uh, a widow of Zarephath, which she was a pagan, she was not part of the Israelites. And again, of Naaman the Syrian being healed from leprosy, this was, he was not a Jew. And so Jesus lifts up these particular examples to challenge the way that they were reading the Bible, which was as a, a kind of affirmation, a rubber stamp on their own political program. Again, I ask you, does this still happen today? You better believe it. Let me reiterate, it's not to say the scriptures don't give us guidance and direction on what we would call political questions. The point is that anytime we make that the primary way we read the Bible, we tiptoe towards idolatry, if not embrace it wholly, because we're then submitting God's truth to our human goals and ends, however noble they might be. No, the Bible is not just a political playbook. And so we want to reject that answer for, for how we read it. A second answer that's given is that the Bible is in fact a holy handbook. That we can come to the scripture, that it's, it's like a self-help book on steroids. 
that it's got answers for every single one of life's questions, and we can come to it and look for all sorts of, of secret wisdom to whatever we might be wondering about. Lord? Yes? Okay. <laughs> Always gives me pause. <clears throat> and once again, we want to say that there's, there's some truth to this, isn't there? I mean, the Lord is the Lord of all, and the Bible is the truth about world history. It's about our lives. It's about every single inch. God doesn't just care about what we might call our religious lives. He cares about all of it, and his truth speaks to every single inch of it. He's Lord of your calendar. He's Lord of your checkbook. He cares about your habits. He cares about your hobbies. Every single inch of our lives belongs to him. And so every single inch of the scripture speaks truth to our lives in this world. Absolutely. God is God of all, and his Bible is the absolute truth. But this way of reading the Bible as a, a holy handbook, as a self-help book on steroids, this has flaws too. Part of it is just how you can see it, it brings you to a ludicrous position. I read a book recently called The Bible Made Impossible, and it pointed out some of the ways in which um, the Bible gets used and, I would say, misused just for us as people to try and have it speak to every single way. Listen to some of the titles of actual books in uh, you know, booksellers near you today. The Biblical Guide to Alternative Medicine. Seven Secrets of Bible Made Millionaires. Success by Design, the Bible's answer and inspiration for your successful life. Body by God, the way to maximize your health and looks. I am not making these up, people. And now you're like, I better put my Body by God book off the bookshelf and pass it. Any one of these books in themselves might be perfectly harmless. They might even have some really good stuff in there, okay? So if you have your cookbook of this, you know, how Jesus ate or something like that, I'm not saying you should get rid of it. The problem comes when this is our overarching, all-controlling way of reading the Scripture. When we just treat the Bible as a self-help book that's going to give me all of the answers that I want for life. And you know what? There's an even deeper problem with it. Because however nice Body by God and Seven Tips for Becoming a Biblical Millionaire or whatever, however nice that might sound, it is all essentially law. In other words, when you boil it down, it's all about what you need to do in order to have a happy, healthy, wealthy, wise life. But you know, and I know, that none of us keeps the law. No matter how nice we might make it sound, no matter how much we might dress it up to sound like it's perfectly acceptable to us and we're able to accomplish it, you and I both know we don't keep the law. We fail at every turn constantly. So if the Bible is, is just those tips for living, how we can have our best life now, it's going to lead to our worst life now. Because that is not good news. That is bad news indeed. So while, yes, we want to turn to the scriptures to, to find truth and to, to find what God has to say about every part of our life, it's not primarily or essentially a holy handbook. Okay, so we've taken and rejected a couple of answers of ways that we might come to how we read the Bible. It's not a political playbook. It's not a holy handbook. So then what? Well, let's turn to our Lord Jesus and what he himself has to say. And he does it in today's gospel reading. 
what he has here and what Luke gives us is essentially Jesus' first public message. And it becomes kind of his programmatic sermon, who he is and what he is about. They hand him the scroll, and remember, this is what they had then, the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus opens the scroll and looks to what we call Isaiah 61, and he begins reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolls it up, and he gives it back. And the eyes of everyone are fixed on him. What's he going to say? They're on the edge of their seat. Is he going to tell us now that he's going to lead this political revolution? Is he going to talk to us about how we can have our best life now? Instead, what does he say? Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Understand what Jesus is saying with that message. He's telling them that all of the scripture, not just Isaiah 61, but the whole and the entirety of the scripture points to him. In your hearing, he says, today, standing right before you, is the one through all of the, bit, the, whom all of the bits and pieces of Scripture, all of those little pieces of glass, beautiful in their own right, they all come together to make what? A mosaic of the Messiah. An image of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Any particular Bible verse or book of the Bible taken on its own might be interesting, might be enlightening, but we only fully and truly and faithfully understand it when we read it in the image of Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we take every particular verse of the Bible and we kind of smuggle it to mean that it's actually talking about Jesus or to try and force feed it that way. What I'm saying instead is that in Christ and, and through him, he provides us the lens for reading all of Scripture, that we understand the Bible best in light of the gospel. And to illustrate this, take a look at the front of your worship folder. And we printed it out as, as best we could, and uh, I'll have to, to look it up later. I'll, I'll send a link to it in my email this week. But this is a painting from Salvador Dali, of all people. If you're familiar with Salvador Dali, you might not think he's the one painting pictures of the Lord. But he did in this case. It's called the, Cro the, the Christ of St. John of the Cross. And if you're able to tell, it has an interesting perspective on it. It points us from above the cross. So we're looking down on the Lord while he is there on the cross. And below him is what? The world. I'm not sure exactly what Dolly intended as he painted this, but here's how I look at that and what it means to me when I see that painting. We understand the Bible and we understand God's world when we look at it through the lens of Christ and the cross. When we see it and interpret it and read it through Jesus, who he is and what he has done for us. That's the essence of the scripture for you and me. So like I said to the children, I say to you, when you come to the Bible, when you read this book, when you open it up, don't just come looking for some tips for living. Don't come looking to it for some political program. 
Come to it with the words of that hymn ringing through your ears. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's the sum and substance of this scripture, which presents to us this mosaic of the Messiah. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.